Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, September the 14th, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. And you are with Father Larry Richards and Anchored in Hope. And so uh, the cross is truly our greatest hope. Uh, Everything is based on it. But we just welcome you here today. The way we work is I'll do a talk today on Jesus and the cross. And then um, we have questions and answers. So you're most welcome, if you're watching live, to type in questions on the comment live chat. And I will get to them. You can also send in letters um, or questions at uh, the Reason for Our Hope website. And just put in the thing, email the office And just say uh, question for podcast and we will get it. So the first thing we got to do is pray. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, we thank you today for giving up your life on the cross, for living for us, for doing everything in your power to save us. Help us, Jesus, to respond to your love. We beg you these things, Jesus, in your most holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, welcome. I'm very tired today. I had a good friend of mine died. He was a member of our board, Art Marnucci. And so I, I preached his funeral today. Uh, and then I got an uh, email from the bishop's office saying he wants to see me on the 25th, talk about all the stuff's going on. And that's always rejoicing, glad, when <laughs> the bishop wants to see me. Not. Anyway, so uh, again, I want to thank everybody that's already sent letters. Those of you who watch our daily mass and or our Sunday mass, uh, we had a town hall meeting last uh, Sunday, which was standing room only, by God's grace. It was very crowded. And um, we talked about our future of our parish And again, I uh, make it clear that we're not closing our parish right now anyway. Uh, They're talking about making us a secondary missionary place. And so I've been asking people who watch uh, the daily mass or Sunday mass to uh, write to our bishop and uh, tell him how it serves you and how we minister to you and how it would be if we couldn't do that anymore as a standalone parish we would just probably have Mass on Sundays, and it would be a different reality. Um, and so we're asking people from all over the world to write letters to my bishop and uh, tell them um, why you enjoy watching the Mass and how important it is to you so that hopefully it can help in our the decision-making about keeping us. All you have to do is go to my website as a parish, not the foundation, but stjoesbol.org. Just S-T-J-O-E-S-B-O-L for breadoflife.org. And then on the very top of the page is uh, Save Our Parish, and you click that. Now, when you click that or you click to buy tickets or do anything, whether it's on your phone or on the Internet, you got to scroll all the way down because if you just click it, it keeps you in the homepage top. On every page of the website is always the same top. And so some people click it and it doesn't seem to do anything. Well, you've got to a new page, but you haven't uh, scrolled down far enough. So right there is the bishop's uh, address. And again, yeah, I ask you to always be respectful. He's the bishop, for goodness sakes. So respectful and just uh, talk about really um, 
what it what uh, how it ministers to you. Not me. Don't put me in there because I can do a mass from anywhere. But how the parish and the community is uh, an important reality. So that would be again if you haven't done it yet and you watch us, please do so. So we want to talk today since it's the feast of the exaltation of the cross to focus on the reality of the cross. Um, everything happens for us because of the cross of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ left heaven and he who knew sin became sin on the cross for us. And as I've talked about a million times, when you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, there is nothing on the cross about him. It's all about the Father and all about us. And so when we focus on Jesus first, the second person, the Holy Trinity, um, as the uh, old uh, creed, which I still have memorized, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, one in being with the Father, um, through him all things were made. When we focus on Jesus, again, I told you a while back, I entered seminary because of Jesus revealing himself to me. Uh, and so at 17 years old, I entered seminary to be his priest. And uh, even though I, when I was in seminary, I was still young, and I questioned everything I believe as a priest today, I first questioned. You know, and some people are afraid to question things. And I just think... If you're going to be honest, of course you're going to question things. Of course you're going to doubt things. And I think when you say that to yourself and then you uh, keep trying to find out the truth, then the truth will be revealed to you in many ways. But you'll, you never have to be afraid. God is big enough to handle all your doubt, all your questions, everything. Anyway, so I'll never forget I'm in seminary, and it was either my uh, junior or senior year of high school. And I had, before I had my uh, spirits director, I had the most, uh, Father Peterson, I had a guy named Father James McCullough. Now, Father McCullough was in the service. He was a Marine, little guy, bald guy, um, had a temper, you know, and, uh, but I loved him. He was a fantastic man. He preached my first Mass. And um, it's always good, I get, you know, when I think of how many of the people in my life that have died uh, that were so instrumental in my life, again, even like today, he was like a father to me, Art. I didn't want to say that at the Mass today because I just thought with his kids and everything there, but as I reflected, that was really what he was. He was like, uh, he took me under his wing, made me part of his family, and he was like a father to me. I could count on him for anything. And same with Father McCullough, same with Father Peterson. Uh, all these people that helped form me, that were always uh, supportive of me um, and helped me become the man I am and the priest I am, which is good and bad, we know. Um, but here I am, and I was, uh, he was my director, and we were driving somewhere. And, you know, I finally got the courage because, you know, sometimes when you don't believe or you're questioning a foundation of the faith, it's a hard thing to, to talk about, you know, or to bring it up, to think that, you know, you who are a seminarian are questioning the very core of the teaching of the church. Uh, and I was. And um, I always think that's uh, it's a good thing because what we get, we get from other people too often. Like I've often used the example that uh, 
If I tell you right now it's raining outside, and you go, oh, yes, Father, thank you for telling me that. Because you told me it's raining outside, I believe it. Well, that's a stupid reason to believe something. Well, a priest told me. Yeah, I get it. They can tell you all kinds of stuff. But the better reality is after I tell you it's raining outside, then I invite you to go out and play in the rain. Now, instead of just believing in me or what I said, you have an experience of what I said. Remember the woman that was at the well, and uh, Jesus said to her, uh, go call your husband. And she goes, I have no husband. He goes, you said that true. Uh, you have five or whatever, how many husbands it was now. And he says, the person you're living without now is not your husband. And she says, oh, I see her prophet. And so she goes and tells all the townspeople, come and see the person who told me everything I've ever done. Huh? And he told her his, her, his, her sins, but did it with love. Wasn't judgmental, just said it. Come and see. And then they came and spent time with him. And what did they say? We no longer believe because you have told us, but because we ourselves have come and heard him and believe in him. So our faith got to always be from beyond just what someone else says so you can have your own experience of Jesus, your own experience that God is love, your own experience. So here I am and I said, Pete, I mean, uh, Mac, I says, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, but I can't believe he's God and then he said to me as I've told you a while back he just looked at me and didn't uh, chastise me didn't say anything all he said was John 1 the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God bang oh, oh I get it and I exactly I got it right then that's all I needed was to hear God uh, speak his word to me if you will and then, of course, I never doubted then the reality of Jesus being not only the Son of God, but being God. And that's what, when we focus on Jesus, we got to remember that Jesus isn't part of God, he's God. Uh, he's not the Father, he's God. He's not the, the Spirit, he's God. But he's the, the, the Son of God. Now, again, as we talked about, Jesus did not exist as Jesus before the Incarnation. Jesus was the word of God, the second person of the Trinity. When Jesus became a man, we call that the incarnation, the, the union of the divinity and the person of Jesus, the humanity, the, the flesh that came from Mary. This union we called, which is a hypostatic union, but this union is what we call Jesus. So Jesus existed as the word of God, but Jesus didn't exist as Jesus before his conception in Mary. That unique conception inside of Mary is when the incarnation happened, that God became man, and we call that incarnation Jesus, okay? So now that hypostatic union means that Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% man at the same time, huh? He doesn't cease being God when he becomes a man. He doesn't cease becoming a man when he becomes God. Jesus Christ is still 100% God and 100% man. And so, because St. Athanasius said, that which is not assumed is not saved. So he had to become like us in all things except sin, of course. And then on the cross, he became sin to take away our sins. But uh, so this Jesus, so it's always like to go back to uh, this Jesus becoming that when God says, if we sin, we will die, 
and then we sinned. Then his justice had to be filled. We had to die. And then God says, I love these people. How do I fix this? And so the God that the universe cannot contain humbled himself and says, I know what I'll do. I will become one of them. And then I will pay my own penalty for their sins. So the God of justice becomes one of us and fulfills his own justice and gives us mercy. When you think about it, I just think, like today, this morning at Mass, if you watched Mass this morning, I just told the people, can we spend one day, instead of focusing on our sins every moment of the day, how bad I am and how horrible a person I am and I'm just a sinner, and being focused our whole life on ourselves, but I said, I just focus on today. And today, just thank Jesus for dying for you. Thank Jesus for becoming a man and going to the cross and taking your sins upon himself and paying the penalty. Can we just today at the exaltation of the cross just thank Jesus Christ for what he's done for us instead of what we haven't done for him or what we have done for him? To let our lives be a life focused on Jesus Christ. And filled with gratitude. I just think sometimes that we who are followers of Jesus are anything but grateful. We live in this valley of tears and we live in this, uh, you know, always the sadness of life. And that's not what God created us for. If, if God created us just to suffer, if God created us just to uh, say how bad we are, that's not a very good God, huh? God created us and he rejoices in us. He rejoices over us, it says. He rejoices over his creation. He rejoices over you. Yes, you are a sinner. Yes, you need to be holy. Yes, you need to get better. But God still rejoices over you now. He rejoices over me now. And just to be grateful for everything God in his mercy has done for you, for everything God in his mercy has done for me, that's the greatest thing that we decide that this is this holy, holy God who's done so much for me. And to be grateful for that. So this God who became one of us, the second person of the Trinity, takes on flesh. We call that flesh Jesus Christ. And this Jesus lived like us in all things but sin. And so again, I just think that what's best for us, and you know, people call me crass, huh? A couple of weeks ago, I, I don't know what I was talking about, but it was a homily. And I talked about, uh, oh, taking a dump. huh? And I said, some people spend more time uh, on the toilet taking a dump than they do in prayer. And you could tell some of you, <gasps> I know. But I try to make things as uh, basic as possible, as real as possible, so they can sit there and next time they're on a toilet taking a dump, excuse me, they'll think, do I spend more time on a toilet taking dumps than I do talking to the God of the universe? Um, so the same thing when it comes to the humanity of Jesus I think that we make Jesus all these pictures I was just like last year at this time yesterday day before I was up outside of Toledo in the diocese Toledo I was at a great parish and I did a parish mission up there but they have in that diocese a uh, shrine to Our Lady of Consolation I think Our Lady of Consolation I believe and um 
in the in the main church, they have a couple churches in that. They're a beautiful place. You should go up there if you ever have a chance outside of Toledo, Our Lady of Consolation. Anyway, there is Jesus in the uh, um, the, back, the front of the church, in the asp of the church. And Jesus is sitting on his royal throne, really stern looking. And I, when I was there, I never forget just looking at him and thinking, that's not who you are. It's an image that people have painted, and he is the king. But the king that Christ is is the king of the cross. He doesn't sit yet on his throne, and even when he does sit on his throne, he still sits there as the God-man who gives his life for us. That we're not coming before Christ right now in judgment. It says what Jesus is doing at this very moment, this resurrected Jesus, is interceding for us, it says in the book of uh, Hebrews. Huh? So right now what's Jesus doing? He's not sitting on his throne judging you. He's standing before the Father praying for you. That's what Jesus is doing now. And so if we have these thoughts about uh, who Jesus is, so Jesus was like us in all things. That means Jesus went to the bathroom. Now, it might be not a good image, and some people might say, well, Father, that's uh, disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. It's we all do it. The Pope does it, I do it, you do it, we all do it. It's part of what it is to be human. And when Jesus Christ became a human, that's what he did too. He had to go to the bathroom every day. He had to have his diaper changed since he was a baby. He had problems walking. Sometimes his legs would hurt, his knees would hurt. He was painfully on the cross. And again, I once gave a talk, and uh, people came up to me and says, you know, Father, Jesus didn't really feel any pain on the cross because God the Father would not let him feel pain. That's a lie. Of course he felt pain. He was like us in all things but sin. And so when we think of this Jesus, the God of the universe, who becomes one of us, but he's still God, and he lives like all of us lives. And he was hungry and he had to eat and all those things. He was thirsty because he wanted to get inside of us. The God of the creation becomes his creation. And so everything is from Jesus. And so when Jesus went and died on the cross, he set us free. So when we have this whole day we do this today, of course, and we do it on Good Friday, if you will. But the exaltation of the cross is that, you know, again, we the second reading today is Philippians 2, and you all know Philippians 2, right? Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave. Yeah? And then it says, and he went even deeper, suffering even death, death on the cross. So, though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself. Whoa, think about it. God emptied himself for you, and we're always complaining about, why, well, you know, how bad I am, and we were, but Jesus redeemed us, and we have to live in that reality. And I just think everything can change more and more when we, first of all, you gotta, if you've never asked Jesus to save you, you gotta do it. You got to ask him to come into your heart and pay for your sins and take full control. And it's something as simple as, you know, like, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are God and I believe that you became a man to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Jesus, 
I repent of my sins, and I beg you to come into my heart, take control of my life, be my Lord and God and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me your disciple. I love you, Lord Jesus Christ, and I surrender my life to you forever as you have surrendered your life for me. Huh? We say that every day uh, during uh, the, when I invite people to uh, make a spiritual communion, except for the uh, I'm sorry part, I repent of my sins because we do that at the beginning of Mass, so I don't double that. But again, no, it's always about no longer living, letting Jesus take control of your life. So the Jesus Christ who lived, who died on the cross for you and me and now lives forever, this Paschal mystery is something Jesus wants to do inside of you, that this Jesus Christ isn't just an historical figure of 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is alive, and Jesus Christ, the day you got baptized, took up residence inside of you, that you are the tabernacle where Jesus Christ lives and dwells. And so when we start as Catholics, start believing that Jesus Christ lives inside of me, then I'll start living like a tabernacle. Then I'll start living. Again, Catholics, we often just leave Jesus in the tabernacle so we can do what we want. You can never leave Jesus in a tabernacle. You are the tabernacle. So anything you wouldn't do in front of the tabernacle in your church, you better not do it anywhere else because Jesus lives inside of you. So that's the glory of everything that Jesus Christ lives inside of us. So our job is to get out of the way and let him have full control. Have you ever surrendered your life completely to Jesus to let Jesus have full control of your life? It, just because you were baptized, it doesn't give him full control. You can, how many people have been baptized that are atheists? You got to surrender yourself to him and ask him to come into your heart, take control of your life, to be your Lord. And if he's your Lord, that means he's in charge of everything. He's in charge of your money. He's in charge of your sexuality. He's in charge of your family. He's in charge of your health. He's in charge of everything. Is he in charge of everything in your life? That's the call. That's what we got to be focused on, huh? Um, that Jesus just wasn't a historical figure. Jesus is alive, the resurrected Lord who wants to be in relationship with you. That's why he left heaven, became one of us, got into our skin so that we could get into his skin forever. Huh? St. Maximus the Confessor says, when divinity took on humanity, humanity, us, took on divinity. Huh? And what a great gift that is. Huh? So, Again, so I just, I'm not going to spend a whole half hour because I'm going to be leaving early today because um, I've seen my shrink and I have another talk. And um, yeah, we'll see. But again, I just want us to focus on if you haven't surrendered yourself to Jesus, do it. Fully, completely surrender everything to him. And he will come and live inside of your life. And then you got to just come to know him, huh? Again, I was, I was, the, I was in the uh, Grand Canyon. I spent a summer there in uh, Christian Ministries in a national park. And I, again, I'm sure I told you the story, but this girl named Shirley, I, uh, she became an Episcopalian priest. Uh, I saw she's dead. I, I tried to find her the other day or a couple months ago, and I found her obituary, which is, again, a sad reality. Because, again, we were all getting ready to go see a movie. I was, there was only two Catholics, and the rest were Protestants. 
and we're going out to see a movie and uh, we had to drive away when we were in the Grand Canyon to do that. But anyway, we're sitting there in a, in a place and Shirley come walking in and she was always excited. She was always an excited type uh, girl. And I said, uh, I didn't say anything, but she'd come up to all of us and says, do you know what Jesus did for me today? And I remember I was so taken back, like, you know Jesus? <laughs> oh, can you even imagine? Here I am in a seminary, and I did not know Jesus. Here I was praying, but saying prayers, and I did not know Jesus. And this little Episcopalian girl talks about how she knew Jesus and what Jesus Christ did for her today. Wow. Do you know Jesus that way? I can tell you I do now, by God's grace. But I had to sit there and have someone slap me on the face without intending to slap me in the face about she was in this relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to be in this relationship with Jesus Christ. That means you got to spend time with him. You got to listen to him. You got to talk to him. You got to be real. Again, uh, don't just be pious, please. Be real. Be real. Like often if I'm tired and I don't want to pray, I'll sit there with the Lord and say, Jesus, I don't want to be here right now. And I says, but it doesn't matter how I feel. I will be with you. And sometimes that's my most powerful prayer is the grace that happens in that time when I'm just real with him. Instead of coming and saying a bunch of prayers I read out of a book only, which I do those every day too, when I'm just real, heart-to-heart -heart with God, talking to him, listening to him, then I can grow, okay? So grow with your relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's go here and um, start answering your questions. Good evening, Father and all. Hi, Harry. Harry, Father, can you talk a little of Our Lady of Sorrows? Well, Sure. I would hope that more people had devotion to Our Lady of Joy, which I don't know if that one exists, but the seven sorrows of Mary, and they go through all these things. But my problem, not my problem, of course, Our Lady's Our Lady. So it's not a different lady who's Our Lady of Sorrows and a different, because tomorrow we focus on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows because of all the things watching what Jesus did for us. And it brought her sorrow. But when Christ rose from the dead, it brought her joy. Huh? And we sometimes get stuck on the cross. And there is no resurrection without the cross. So we're not trying to get through the cross. We all must go to the cross and through the cross. That's why uh, today is the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. But we don't just stay focused because some uh, Catholics can be so depressed, if you will, and always downtrodden, always because they're always focusing on um, Christ on the crucifix without Christ resurrected. And it's not either or, it's both and. Or Our Lady of Sorrows instead of just Our Lady of Joy. You know, once again, we're some, some seer in that, I think I talked about this, but she said, after Mary said yes, I can't remember where this came from, but she never, to the, she said, yes, fiat, let it be done to me. She was never, uh, never had joy again because of all the suffering. That would, that would, and that's just nuts. 
Because right after she said, let it be done to me, what did she do? She didn't stay focused on herself and her suffering and being Our Lady of Sorrow. She went and took care of somebody else, Elizabeth. She was pregnant. Mary was pregnant. But Mary, who was pregnant, who said, I have the God of the universe inside of me. She could have said, I got to take care of myself first. But nope. She was more concerned about others. And she went and she took care of Elizabeth. And John jumped in her womb. And what did Mary say? She didn't say, I am filled with sorrows. She said, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Huh? So we need to focus on Our Lady of Sorrows, and we'll focus on her tomorrow. But I always have to be in context. We don't end with Our Lady of Sorrows. We always get to Our Lady of Joy. But to sit there and see Mary and to see all her sufferings as she watched the sufferings of Jesus is very important. Thank you, Pat. Father Larry called to the principal's office. Yes, you know, I'm always called to the principal's office. I've been there many times. But I think it wasn't called just for me. I think he called everybody because when the bishop is mad at me, he calls me on the phone. He has my cell phone. And so he calls me and says, Larry, I want to see you. I go, when? Now. Okay. And so the bishop's only a half mile away from me. So uh, when I get a thing from his secretary and it says, uh, Father Nick, which is my classmate and vicar general, would like to see you on the 25th, not this Monday, the following Monday, anywhere between 10.30 and 3. Please call me and schedule an appointment. So I called Roberta, who, great, great lady. Been, she was the administrative assistant to the old bishop, and she's here, and she's fantastic. Anyway, I called her, and she goes, Hi, Father Larry. And I go, Hi, Roberta. And I says, uh, Yes, the bishop would like to see you. I go, I know. I'm always filled with joy when the bishop wants to see me. And she goes, oh, he loves to talk to you. And I go, not always. But anyway, so I just think they're calling everybody uh, who's supposed to be uh, affected by this change and for us to give our opinions to talk about it, which I wish that they'd have talked to us before they did all this. But anyway, they're talking to us now. Uh, but again, people have been writing fantastic letters from literally all over the world. And uh, so I'm sure that's irritating him, but it's uh, okay because I told everybody to be respectful and uh, affirming and loving and um, yeah, so it's all good. Uh, so principal's office, okay. Diane, hi, Diane. May good St. Joseph grant and answer to all our prayers and allow St. Joseph Parish to remain open and active. Oh, I think he will. I've already, uh, yeah, I'm very, very, much at peace. I'm very much at peace that whatever God does, God knows what he's doing. He doesn't ask me. Isn't that amazing? God has plans without asking us. And, um, but we still, he calls us to pray because he rejoices when we ask and then he can give. He rejoices in giving us what we ask for. It'd be for our good. So uh, I know he has the best plan for all of us and for St. Joe's. Hi, Father Larry. Praise be to God. My boss called me Monday uh, that he secured funding to bring me back. See that? How God works. wonder if you went to St. Joseph, but it takes great care of you. So God is good. Um, Harry, my parish's mother of sorrows. So tomorrow is our feast day. That even moved the school mass from today to tomorrow. There you go. My letter is on the way to the Bishop Persico. It was kind, clear to the point what St. Joe's B.O.L. means to all of 
us outside of Erie and worldwide. Thank you, Bruce. What a guy. Some people are sending me the letters. I don't want to read the letters. I don't like to do that because then I'll say, why didn't you say this or why did you say that? So thank you for doing that. Everybody, don't send it to me. Just send it to the bishop. Um, so that's good. Thank you, Bruce. Fantastic. Audrey. Audrey, you better write the letter to the bishop too, both you and Jack. I'm sorry. Uh, therefore, I have you checked your A1C. No, it's coming up in a couple, in October, I get it done. But like yesterday, I, uh, when I, I didn't do my sugar today because it's been good. Yesterday, the high, my sugar, and I was eating sugar yesterday, but my sugar was 130, which is, you know, pretty good. I was 400 there for so long. It's this shot. That's why, you know, I'm done. I'm anywhere every day between 177 and 180. I go those three pounds. It's a weird reality, but because uh, uh, I don't have the appetite, um, but it really has helped this Monjarno. So, any weight loss from new meds? Keep your weight healthy level, please. Thank you. Um, uh, I always, I, I, I originally when I started losing weight years ago, I wanted to get down to 175. Um, I still have fat in my belly. I've been working out in the morning, but the um, you know, once you get older, it's part of what happens. And so someone says, no one looks at you anyway, Father. I go, shut up. Anyway, that's true, and they shouldn't. But anyway, okay, please rest today. I will. I've mailed a Tony. I've mailed my letter to the bishop. Are you coming to Indianapolis July 2024 for the Tone National Eucharistic Congress? I don't know yet. Um but thank you for Tony for doing that too. Thank you very much. It was very, those things are very important to me that uh, uh, I really think that God has such a plan and this is energizing my parish, energizing people like you from all over the world to really, because my biggest thing is that in his will is our peace and so nobody has peace right now. So if we don't have peace, it's not his will yet. So we have to keep working till we get to his will. So thank you, Tony. I don't know if I'll be there, but never know. Uh, question God, even given your doubts, just don't grumble or complain. Grumbling and complaining never end well. Yes, see today's first reading. Jan Campbell, hello from Canada. Hello, Jan. Jack, hi, Father. Thank you for your ministry. My wife and I are separated, not divorced, since she has a relationship with another man. Uh -huh. I would like to reconcile, but any advice on the best way to love her? First, you keep praying for her, and if you want to go to the next level, fast for her. I mean, sometimes we pray for things, pray for things, things aren't happening and we don't get it. So if you fast, it's amazing how it puts everything on supercharge. Huh? So pray for her every day. You can do something as simple as the Divine Mercy Chaplet and put her name in there. Uh, holy, uh, pray uh, because of a sorrowful passion, have mercy on my wife and on the world. Because of my sorrowful passion, have mercy on my wife and on the world. And then you can do the rosary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for my wife now and at the hour of her death. Amen. So when you're praying, you're really focusing. You become a spiritual magnifying glass that God's grace is through you. I mean, miracles, miracles, miracles happen in prayer. So you focus on that. But when you fast, it's like cleaning the glass of the uh, magnifying, the spiritual magnifying glass. So things can really intensify when you fast for her. So I'm just, I'm, it can help tremendously. Uh, thank you, Father, for sharing, pray, work, pray, work. There you go. Joseph, Gus, Father Larry, are, you are going to be retiring in six or seven years. Then there won't be a following of the parish, so it might be time to combine the two parishes. See, that's the exact opposite. 
the parish must, and it exists apart from me. I'm on the road 40 times a year, oh, 35 times a year, depending. It used to be like 45 times a year. Anyway, um, but my parish is a great community. See, I, as a pastor, get them moving, but they exist apart from me. And when I do retire, God willing, uh, the community hopefully by then would become a shrine, and then people come from all over the world to go to St. Joseph uh, of the Bread of Life shrine. And we, so it's, it builds up Jesus, the Eucharist, and St. Joseph, his foster father. So we don't want to have to do anything with me. We want everything to do with Jesus and St. Joseph. And so that's why we're pushing it not to be combined, but if it can't be a standalone, and I'm hoping we can become a standalone, continue a standalone uh, parish until we, become, until we be, could become a shrine, if that's God's will. But again, it'll be about uh, St. Joseph and the Bread of Life, not Father Larry Richards. You just watch. And there are much better priests than me and much better people and God will put the right person in there when I retire just you got to trust him in that kind of stuff but sure ain't about me okay Harry Jack I am sure if a father will give sound advice but this is an open forum I advise that you sit down and have a long face-to-face chat with your own pastor Jack Jack there you go (laughs) yeah listen to Harry too but of course I'm just telling you in general I can't do the one-on-one there are many questions and answers of any kind counseling, and I do not feel it possible to give the best guidance over the internet chat. Tea with the vicar may be a better option. There you go. Charlie Alpha. Bah-wah-wah-wah. Father Larry, I love that you keep it real. I did laugh out loud at your comparison to how much time we pray dropping a deuce. Ooh, thanks for reminding me to spend more time with the Lord. There you go, Charlie. Chris, Father Larry, the there are people like me who would rather be rather you be real and safe, say take a dump, than be fake and talk differently. You got that. And I'm, sometimes I don't like the way I talk, but yeah. But I, again, I can't say yeah. Thanks, Trisha. Father, your guidance always fruitful. In me, God is surely working through you. Keep it real. Thank you, sunshine. I tell myself I have surrendered Jesus, but I don't know that I truly have any suggestions on how to surrender fully and completely. Well, you first make the act of the will every day that, Lord, I give this day to you, use me. Like again, every, someone asked me, I was at a Protestant church uh, uh, question and answer place, and so the, they were asking me how I pray. And I said, well, I get up early and I go before the Lord. No, no, no. What do you do when you're before the Lord? I said, okay. Well, first I go and I open my Bible every day. And so today as... Uh, when I opened my Bible, it was Romans, and it says, uh, soon uh, God will uh, crush Satan under your feet. Oh, such a great promise. And so that's what God said to me. So before I got out of bed this morning, I went to his word, and he told me that uh, he was going to crush Satan under my feet soon. Thank you. And then two, I went in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and uh, either genuflected or knelt. And I just said, Jesus, I love you, and I give you my life today. Use me for your glory. And I asked him to speak through me today at the funeral, um, and he did. And um, so it's just really making that act. Remember when we were kids, if you're older anyway, we used to every day make an act of uh, our, my daily offering. Oh, my Jesus offering. Now, the problem with that 
is that if it's just prayer that you say every morning very fast to get through, then it doesn't have the same effect. It has to be prayed from your heart. That Lord Jesus, I surrender everything to you today to take control of my heart, to live your life through me, huh? Uh, so it has to be a little bit deeper than that. Okay. Sandra just logged in. What did I miss? Hi, Father. It's Lawrence. It's the Lawrence girls, Sandra and Ann, my 97-year-old mom on hospice. We are blessed, but I'm struggling. Me too. We all are blessed, but we all struggle. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to struggle. Remember what Jesus said? In the world, you will have trouble. But then what did he say? What was Jesus' advice? But be confident because I have overcome the world. So you got to look at Jesus when you're struggling. Hello, Father Larry. wanted you to know that I sent a letter to the Bishop of Erie on behalf of St. Joseph. Thank you, D. I'm going, there you go, to send a letter to the Bishop this week, 94, and I had a typo in my first text. There you go. Sent the Bishop a respectful letter yesterday from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Carol. Where do we get accurate information on Cardinal, Cardinal Strickland? I keep getting emails asking my signature that I won't read because they seem to be critical. He's not a cardinal. He'll never be a cardinal. Uh, bishop Strickland. And uh, he's a bishop of God. But he's not being uh, what he needs to be. It's like one of the priests that was thrown out of diocese of Wisconsin. I won't use his name. But he came this past week and he said he really separated himself from the church. He excommunicated himself. And he doesn't care because he doesn't think. He said the Pope, and he kept calling him by his first name. He is not the Pope. You can't make the Dalai Lama the Pope because he has no faith and this man has no faith. And so he has separated himself from the church. But there's so many people who call themselves Catholic. And the problem is Bishop Strickland supported this guy. And now this guy has went against and said the Pope is not the Pope. And that's automatic excommunication. So you've got to be real, and there's, you just got to watch it, all these people that are truly um, separating themselves from Christ because they're separating themselves from the church, and they're so filled with anger and self-righteousness. There's no humility. And again, the one thing the devil can never imitate is humility. So when you don't hear or see humility to a bishop that's speaking to a guy who is a priest in bad standing speaking, if there's no humility there, they are not speaking Christ and they're not speaking God's will. So, but uh, I wouldn't go against any bishop, including Strickland. I know priests of his diocese that are very good and faithful and love him. So, but I just think he is, um, he's not doing what he needs to be doing. He should be ready to die for the Pope, whether he agrees with him or not. Again, like even, like I took a vow of obedience and I told my people, we will fight like hell or fight like heaven uh, to get us as a standalone parish. But if and when the bishop makes his decision and his decision is not something that I would want, I will still be obedient. And I told the people, and so will you. Because when we follow God, we're not following God for what? If he agrees with me. And 
it's just an important reality. So um, I just wouldn't do anything. As for a signature, I wouldn't do anything. Anyone who's critical of the Pope, I don't trust. Yeah. And that shoe fits wherever it wants. But anybody, any Catholic speaker, anyone who goes against the Pope, I don't trust them. And if I were you, I wouldn't trust them either because obedience is greater than sacrifice and humility is so needed, huh? Okay. Not too far from Mother Sars Parish our Lady of, uh, is Our Lady of Joy Parish. There you go. Father, you can kind of my letter, had no idea till today. St. Joe's simply must remain open. Healing balm, that is amazing. Thank you, CF. I'm a different state, but somehow I'm going to visit St. Joe's. God will answer our prayers. Absolutely. And again, it's just... Uh, it's this, the first full weekend, 6th, 7th, and 8th. We have Oktoberfest here. We have people coming all over the, from all over the world uh, this year. So I encourage you, if you could come up, uh, this will be a fine time to come up. And uh, we're going to have a f- fine time. And a lot of you have been buying tickets online. Thank you very much uh, for that. And um, we have a fine time. And I get to, sp- I spend the whole weekend there just relaxing. So if you don't want to see Father with a beer in his hand, I wouldn't come because I have a beer in my hand most of the weekend. Now, I don't drink that much of the beer, but I always have a beer in my hand. Uh, and uh, because we have a beer made for us there, it's a fantastic, we have a fine time. From Friday night at 5 o'clock, they tap the keg, and then we go on till Sunday at 5 o'clock where we uh, raffle off the car. Um, I think it's 5 o'clock. It might be 4 o'clock. I can't remember. But anyway, the car, the $50,000, that's always one of my favorite things is that when I get to go over and uh, call the person and say, okay, and again, I've done it. They've been in Erie, but they've also been in uh, Texas and all over. And uh, when I call them, I say, okay, you won the car. Congratulations. You hear screaming or some people think, is this a joke? You know, you're really Father Larry. Yeah, I'm really Father Larry. And I'll sit there and say, you won. So don't tell me what you want. You get to choose between the car and the $50,000. So if I were you, I'd talk to your accountant about which you should take. Because if you take the $50,000, then you don't get that full 50000 We take 15000 off the top and we send it to the IRS for you. Because that's the way the IRS uh requires it so when we send that fifteen thousand dollars then you get that thirty five thousand and then depending on your taxes when you do your taxes that's in your name we got your stuff we send it in for you um then you might be able to get that back if you get the 50 if you win the car it's a sixty three thousand dollar car then you have to pay about fifteen thousand i think it is two in taxes before you can even get the car so that's the whole thing that's why it's uh, it's better for some people to uh, just take the cash. You still make $35,000 cash in your pocket, which is a pretty good reality. So, but that all happens there and you're most welcome to come up at any time. Come on down. Uh, Pagan Paul, you better wrote a letter down there. Uh, we would, uh, we would the bishop mess with a priest who is spreading Jesus' message. Again, he's not messing with me. He's messing with the parish, me, because... Uh, even when I retire, I'll still be doing what I'm doing. We'll still be reaching the thing. It's the, it's the parish that reaches out to the poor. It's the parish who allows these masses to go out. It's the parish who um, we minister to uh, uh, 
the men's conferences, 22, 32 men, the women's conference, 138 women. The, uh, we have Divine Mercy Encounter, our retreat program there. We have Perpetual Adoration. There's so much that we do. We've had two vocations, three vocations. What am I talking about? The last 10 years in our parish. Um, so it's a very lively parish. Huh? So um, again, the bishop is trying with the priests to, um, we have 32 parishes in the city and we're getting less and less priests. By In 10 years, they say we'll be down to 60 priests. So instead of like, okay, so we have to start closing parishes. But my thing is we have to start bringing priests in, you know, religious orders from the diets, from the United States, outside uh, the United States, bringing priests in from other countries. Because we went to them and brought them the gospel. Now that we need help, then we bring them here and they can bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we don't have to close parishes if we have priests because right, all this is a priest problem. So we got to bring the priests in. Okay. Hopefully you'll retire from bread of life. Your online mission eventually has continue for the rest of us. Of course, God willing, Harry Sunday passed. We got to church and the notice was that we should be, there would be no sermon as a celebrant was an American, was an American doesn't speak French. My whole passenger had to stay awake for the whole service. <laughs> I just still says, I know some of you speak French, so I'm going to give you a little homily. I mean, some of you speak English, so I'm going to give you a little homily. And I'd give him one anyway. I did it in Italy. You know, I'd say, I know a lot of you speak some English, so maybe you'll get a little bit. And I just gave a short thing. So, um, well, thank you for that last quote. Just what I need right now. Harry, sister asked me to entertain her, him after mass, a young man, very tall and very keen. There was a joy for me, even though he, we had no sermon. There you go. Okay, messing with you, you would be like the NVL messing with Patrick. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Totally agree. Won't listen to anyone who talks against the Pope. Of course, the letter is written. I grieve not being able to physically act active at the church, and Jack's cancer is so disabling. Again, I'm very sorry. Okay, Pagan Paul, what do you think of the odds that within 10 years there'll be some priests be married? There are already priests that are married here. We already have them. Uh, I'm too old for that stuff anymore, but still. Okay, here we go. Let's get some of these uh, questions here online. Question anchored in hope, Father Larry, uh, do you buy all the books you talk about and we'll find them at the library? I buy all the books. Most of the books um, I listen to on Audible, um, but I also buy them. I usually buy a book and listen to it because I like to underline things. So, uh, But usually you could get those in libraries too, but the problem is they're Christian books, they're Catholic books, and you won't find them in many libraries. I have been consumed by pride. I feel like I can't stop sinning because of how stressed I am. Pray for me, everyone. You got it. It's anonymous, so we'll pray for anonymous, okay? What are your thoughts on the video circulating about Father James Altman saying that Jorge Bergoglio, Pope Francis, is not the Pope? How are you speak at the Family Life Conference in Alberta, Canada this summer? Um, I didn't, well, I guess we just said his name, but he's out there. I am 100% against it. And if I was ever with him, we would have a talk. And if he thinks he can be strong, so can I. The man is filled, and this is a judgment. I get it. It's a judgment when I go off. But there's no humility in this man. There's only arrogance. He goes against his own bishop. So why should anyone listen to him when he refuses to be obedient to anybody else? 
We run from those type people. We don't run to them unless we have a spirit of rebellion inside of us. It's not of God. And if he can sit there and publicly say the Pope is not a Pope, I can publicly say he is not a priest, a good priest of Jesus Christ. He is going against his vow of obedience. And he's doing what he wants so people will look at him. But him and anyone who listens to him is no longer in the church of Jesus Christ. Can I be any clearer about that? I was asking if anybody asks me. But that's a judgment of what he's saying, not a judgment on his soul. I don't know where his soul is at. But I know what he is saying is leading people astray, and he got to stop it, in my humble opinion. And again, so some of the crazies will sit there and hear that now and sit there and go against me and go crazy on me like they do all the time in Jesus' holy name. But again, um, they can say what they want against the Pope and everything else, but as soon as you say something against them, then, oh, yeah, you're bad. Okay, is that what it is? Okay. How do you explain the other that Mary was sinless, debating with a Protestant, whereas the Bible says she is sinless? Because she was full of grace, huh? No one else was ever talked about. It's full of grace. Why did she need Jesus? Because she was saved by Jesus, but because she says in the, the, the thing, say, God, my Savior, she was, she was saved. God took what Jesus did on the cross and placed it on her when she was conceived. So Jesus saved her, but saved her uh, when she was conceived. So she was sinless because of what Jesus did for her, not because of her, okay? Ah, okay, that, and that we'll get to next week. Okay, I got to get out of here. Please pray for me and pray for the people I will be speaking uh, next week. uh, Two weeks, I'm going to be up in Connecticut. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to have my thing next Thursday or not, depending. I might have to go early to Pittsburgh. I have to fly out of Pittsburgh and see my stepfather because I haven't seen him, and so... uh, I might leave early next week. We'll see how what's going on next week. Um, but pray for me. Pray um, for the people I'll speak to. Um, and uh, know I pray for you every day and that I love you. And uh, we'll see you next week or the week after, depending. Who knows? God bless you. Mm-hmm.